Now, my next guest is disrupting the way we think about business, driving profit with purpose. If you've ever read Dumbo Feather's Conversations with Extraordinary People or visited the School of Life in Perth, Sydney or Melbourne, you may wonder where these lovely things come from. Well, they're actually created by small giants. It's a business that supports entrepreneurs with social enterprises and sustainable ideas. Barry Lieberman is one half of that couple that founded Small Giants. Hi, Barry. Hi. Now, firstly, I've got to thank you for bringing the School of Life to Australia. <laughs> I'm a big fan of the TESOL books and the classes and the store. Uh, was that one of the very first projects that Small Giants got involved in? No, it's um, it happened sort of six years in. We've been, uh, we started about eight or nine years ago, Danny and I. And um, our first project was a building that we bought in St Kilda that we thought would be a creative hub and a place that people could come and be free to be their whole selves in business, which means that you, we wanted to set up a system where you could be your authentic self at home and travel with that same whole authentic person and self into work and that there wouldn't be a division between the two. And um, what kind of businesses are we talking about? Was it a mixed bag of different enterprises? Yeah. So one of the first businesses we invested in right at the beginning was Tom Organic, the feminine hygiene range, tampons, pads. And now... Very different to School of Life. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because people often say, wow, you have so many diverse businesses and how are you across it all? But the thing that binds them all together is the exact same mission and vision all of those businesses are looking at creating a world that we want to live in. We see business as one of the most powerful tools in the toolbox that can really change the world and create the world we want. And right now we're facing an enormous amount of crises from food shortages and environmental degradation and social unrest. And we really feel like business is very, very powerful. It's as powerful as government, if not more. And if it had a moral filter, if it had a moral imperative and an ethical driver that went along with the desire for profit, that it's a win-win-win. So we have a triple bottom line essential concept, which is that every business we invest in has to measure against, and that's people, planet and profit. Right, because a lot of business is just driven purely by the bottom line. So how do you judge when you're getting involved with businesses whether they actually tick the boxes of what you're looking for? One of the first things um, that we do is look at the people behind the business. So relationships are everything to us. We don't just invest in an idea and we certainly don't just invest in a balance sheet. We invest in the people who have built the idea and had the dream and the vision and we see are we authentically aligned, are our values aligned with these people because when we partner with them it's not just a financial partnership, it's a much deeper partnership than that. We give our time, our energy and our resources to any of the businesses that we work with. So it's very deep as an engagement from the beginning and from the outset. And um, that's worked really well for us. 
And uh, are the people that are approaching you uh, of a particular age, I imagine a lot of millennials would buy into this idea of business and morality and being more aware of, I guess, how the world operates and a, and a bit more sensitive to um, the future. Um. Yes and no. If I, I want to answer the last question you asked me, I just there's a second part answer to that that will feed into this. So, another thing that we brought to Australia was we became the first B corporation in the country, and then we have housed B Corp and B Lab in our building in St Kilda, and that is an auditing process for businesses. It's an international community of businesses that once you become a B Corp, it means you've been thoroughly audited for values and behaviour internally and externally. So that's a a second part answer to what you said Mm. about how we are able to identify other businesses that are like-minded to assess whether they truly are trying to achieve the same goals we're trying to achieve. And now we pretty much only invest in B Corps. It's an auditing process that has really sorted the playing field out for us. So as a consumer, holding on to that thought, if you were interested in buying the products or using the services of a business that um, sort of um, aligned profit and um, people uh, and, and, planet. And, and people and planet, is there a directory of some sort that consumers can actually look, it, look up these companies? Look, it's coming. I think all of this is coming. This is an emergent space. And anyone who designed their business life around their values is finding the B Corporation movement. But B Corp is big. That's going to be, if you look on the list of Australian B Corps, there are about 120 already. Um, they're all good. You can trust in a B Corp at this stage. It's a, it's a pretty remarkable uh, process, auditing process. And to answer your other question about who the demographic are that are engaged in our products. I mean, we also built the Commons in Brunswick, which was 24 apartments, sustainable apartments, sort of cutting-edge project there, which was remarkable and a great source of pride for us. Um, A lot of women are early adopters, and the age range is really broad, very broad, which has been really interesting. Um, But I, I, I would have to say that women are leading the charge in values-aligned business behaviour and consumer behaviour. I don't want to typecast, but do you think it's because women generally care more? They're a bit more compassionate? Um, I wouldn't say that at all. I would say that we have cultural conditioning and men are often... I see I've got two boys and I have a daughter and I can see the way boys are dealt with from a young age all the way through to adulthood. They're expected to play certain roles. And they're expected not to engage with certain other things. And I think women are encouraged to engage with compassion and empathy from day dot. Um, and, yeah, there are different developmental processes and that men and women and boys and girls deal with as they grow into adulthood. And there's a lot of unhealthy behaviour as boys become men. So that empathic side of things and looking at things from a community perspective and for community health and for environmental health, those come a bit later sometimes. But I I would say that it's just generational. At this point, women are not having trouble connecting finance, behaviour, values. So it's it's interesting. Good to know. We have to start somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> On ABC Local Radio, this is the Sunday Sesh. I'm Sarah Pilchin and I'm chatting with Barry Lieberman from Small Giants. Now, Barry, you started Small Giants with your husband, Danny Almagor. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, before you uh, established that, um, you were involved with 
the Australian arm of um, Engineers Without Borders while you were at university. Um, tell me a little bit about how that came about. Well, it's nice that you say that I was involved with it. I was the 2IC support team at home. When I met Dan, um, we were in our early 20s and he was just finishing, had just finished aerospace engineering at RMIT. And he, when we got together, he said, do I take this consulting job that he'd been offered or do I start this idea that I've had it's already started in Canada called Engineers Without Borders. It will be a humanitarian arm of engineering in this country that doesn't exist. And we both kind of looked at each other and we're in our early 20s and I said, you have to do EWB. So it was Dan that was behind that and the founder of that with um, some friends, um, all from aerospace. And it's now a remarkable organisation and he deserves all the credit, but I was supporting from the stalls. What's that like? I mean, you two sound like absolute kindred spirits, um, both involved in business, but both involved in obviously making a difference to the planet. Um, Not everyone is lucky enough to have that sort of partnership at home. What's that like? It's like the greatest gift of my life. That's Um, so lovely. (laughs) It's true. I, I, I pinch myself. We both do. It's an incredible opportunity to grow together and to build together and support one another. And we just found from day one, we were so deeply values aligned and so supportive of one another's individual careers. And then when we finally converged and and started Small Giants together, it's had an incredible energy underneath it and been a very nourishing space in our marriage and in our partnership. I just, I love it. Um, I feel very, very lucky. Where do you think those values came from for you? Um, for both of us in our own ways, I'll answer for me, they came from my family. My um, On my mum's side, been here many generations in Australia, grew up born and bred in Melbourne. And on my dad's side, I'm first generation because dad was... Um, a Jewish refugee coming after the Holocaust with his family. And I learnt ethics and morality and business as and family all as one thing. So also service to community, that that was vital. I think it wasn't as blended as Dan and I do in Small Giants. That's kind of been our concoction, but it's nice. Each generation improves on the last. And so I have respect for what business was in the 20th century. I just don't think it can continue to behave that way in the 21st century. And um, those values were ingrained on me in my home life. And and then really Danny's taught me a lot. Being together since we were young, he's a deeply, um, I would say, socialist-leaning person, but uh, his social values and his deep sense of morality and ethics have influenced me enormously and watching Engineers Without Borders grow from you know his desk at his parents house in his bedroom to the force of humanitarian engineering that it is today I saw people with PhDs not take the large paycheck and do humanitarian work to benefit community and to to give up them what they could have um, for other people basically yeah and it, it changed my world you know I said I saw People make very different choices for very deep purpose and it started something in me really young. So I got to see a lot of modelling of that kind of behaviour and um, I felt like I couldn't escape asking those questions of myself. Well, what are you doing and what's your purpose? And I come from a film background. I went to the VCA and I worked in Hollywood as a screenwriter 
and I was going to make films. So storytelling was very much in my blood and, and a deep passion of mine. But it, there was this nexus, this moment where I realised, well, it has to be of service to the world and much bigger than me and my own vision of what success is. So it's been a long journey, but a really important and inspiring one. You mentioned you have three children. (laughs) Are you instilling those values in them and are you creating little clones of yourself and Danny? I don't know. I hope so. (laughs) Don't all parents, I mean, my kids are little and you just, you worry all the time, are you getting it right? And are you balancing work and family in such a way that they're deeply nourished by your essence, who you are and how you move in the world. I think so. I think that they see what we do and we talk to them about why we do what we do and I don't know. We need to have this conversation in 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) See if they follow in your footsteps. Oh, no. You know, I hope they follow in their own footsteps and that they feel resilient enough to do that. So. Barry, do you think that business in general will start following this sort of trend where they are more responsible um, and don't just think about the profit line because consumers will essentially start demanding that of businesses? I'm going to give a slightly cynical answer, which is not my style, but I don't think consumers are going to change the market. I think catastrophe is. Um, We don't need more catastrophe in the world. (laughs) I think that what we're seeing is that the degree to which we have degraded the environment and um, pillaged from resources and we've got systems in place that don't work from our energy systems and our building systems to our economic systems and they are changing and there are movements, great and inspiring movements, impact investing, the B Corp movement, that are looking for what is the new paradigm for how we all function in the world because if what we know is going to happen with the environment is going to happen, there's going to be a lot more refugees um, and a lot more poor and the gap between the wealthy and the poor now globally is astonishing. Um, It's just widening. Mm. it's, It's terrifying and it's not good and it's a sign of a sick society. So... I think that the consumerism might not drive it so much as when people realise that we don't have a choice and we need to pull the really powerful levers to change things. I really believe that an economic system that has a moral imperative overlay, it's a big change, it's a big shift, but we have found that what we've done has been hugely successful by doing that, we've not um, taken a dive in profits and it's not philanthropy, but I have an interesting thought about philanthropy because usually people amass a whole lot of money in whatever industry they do and that's not to be questioned because of the golden calf of profit. And then they give away some of the money and they call themselves philanthropists. But if philanthropy means love of humankind, then 100% of what you do needs to be of service to humanity. And you can also make a profit at the same time. Uh, And you can also be uh, of service to Mother Earth. So I think it's new and interesting times. This is a pioneering space, and but I think a lucrative one and an exciting one. So, yeah, those coming out of business school, I think business schools around the world are still talking about profit as the main goal of business. It just can't possibly be the main goal of business. A, it's desperately boring. There's no... Like, we're all here. We all arrive on the planet 
with a desire to connect and to find our purpose. And um, I think that those things can be found in business endeavor. I mean, business is so fun. When you're really onto something innovative, it's thrilling and wonderful. Um, but if it's only of service to a small amount of people, then you get the kind of poverty that we're seeing now on the planet. And I just think that's not a paradigm that we can live with going forward. So, Well, Barry, it's a lovely way to end. I love hearing the passion in your voice and I hope <laughs> that um, people just latch on to that sort of infectious passion that, you, that you've got and, um, and um, hold you and Danny as a model. Thank you so much for joining Thank me. Thank you. That's Barry Lieberman and her husband, Danny Almagor, have founded Small Giants. It's a business that helps other enterprises and entrepreneurs get great ideas off the ground. You can check them out at smallgiants.com. Dot au